But don't be ashamed if you get confused when you talk to your friends or you watch the news. They try to tell you where it all went wrong. Now you don't need to argue, just sing this song. It was rich people stacking the deck. Rich people with big fat checks. Rich people, they're having a ball. Rich people been us all. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Yeet the Red. I am Emily Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and husband, Danny Moss. Hi there. Hello. We are back. <laughs> it is a new year. Yeah, it that's why I decided to bring us. the air horn, because it's been a while, you know? It really, it's been like two weeks since you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're we're back, baby. We took a little, a little hiatus. We took a little nap for a week um but we're ready we're drank a lot of nog you know yeah yeah a lot of nog yeah yeah there's still like it. a half a gallon of nog in our fridge that i don't think we're gonna we're gonna drink anymore oh i thought you got rid of that that's a spicy problem yeah yeah, yeah. oopsies <laughs> oh well but yeah we are uh we are reinvigorated mm. we're ready to wrap up this uber series that's right and i am never gonna think about travis Kalanick again Wow. After this. Ever. I hope not to. I yeah. really hope not to. Yeah. There is a tiny, like, beyond everything that he's done that's like gross and misogynistic and broy and douchey and showy. There's one story at the end of this that I found uh, that isn't in the book, that isn't in most publications, that just makes you be like, wow, I know exactly who this guy is. Yeah. And I fucking hate him. <laughs> Uh, so get pumped for that. Yeah, I'm excited. Super pumped. Yeah. So we, we're going to wrap up the story today and uh, touch a little bit on what he's doing now and what Uber's doing now. But mostly... then we're going to go through a step-by-step process of how we all, you know, unsubscribe from Uber. It'll be fun. Yeah, we should actually figure <laughs> out how to do that. But uh, I, I, I apologize because I was not able to do this research in time. But in researching this uh subject like yesterday i was just kind of looking for any other tidbits any other recent uber news and somebody on reddit was like uh talking about the book and the movie or the tv series and they were like this is really misrepresentative because lyft was just as bad and (laughs) so they're both bad and (laughs) i don't know anything about lyft other than what we've talked about i believe they're probably bad it's the same business model i think yeah that uh we in our heads have like a we're a little disposed to think Lyft is better because it's the underdog and then also when Uber was getting rid of all of its incentives for drivers Lyft was adding more incentives for drivers Yeah. so that little touchstone I think is in our brains because we're like oh Lyft is better for drivers but I think maybe Lyft was better for drivers only at that period of time for like a minute and also Lyft hasn't been brought to like a federal court for uh, sex and gender and not yet uh, you know? Race discrimination. Yeah, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. All right. So, to recap, the last episode, we went through the year of the scandal mm-hmm. with TK, or our friend TK. He uh, he screamed at an Uber driver. Sure. Didn't go well for him. Didn't go well for him. He, uh, he, he did some other not great stuff. <laughs> I don't know why I just literally it all fell out of my brain. The world found out about Grayball, where they right. were following drivers. 
Uh, people found out that they were going to karaoke bars where there were sex workers. Something he... bad happened with autonomous cars, too, right? Yes. Around the same time. Somebody got hit with a self-driving car, and he was on Trump's council. So That's really, right. just... Yep. And he left, but too late. Too yeah. little too late. Too little too late. And when he left... I just think it's funny that they, when that video came out of him yelling at the Uber driver, that he was so broken that he just like fell on the ground. It was like, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. <sighs> yeah. And unfortunately, he's also going through some personal trauma because his mother tragically passed away. In That's a voting right. Yeah. So that, that is. Happened. And his dad probably isn't doing well either because. No, his dad had a in... quite a, quite a long recovery. Although, um, not this is not a spoiler, but his dad was able to go with him to the opening of the stock um, years later when Got Travis it. no longer worked for the company. So he was healthy and out there and okay. getting around. So I guess that's good. But yeah, so the VCs, the venture capitalists, they are concerned. How's Coach Dad doing? Is he happy and tall? <laughs> He's so tall. <laughs> so tall. He's the tallest. Coach Dad is tall, but he is stressed. Yeah, I bet. He's doing yoga. I mean, oh. He's gaining weight. Uh-oh. He's having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, his, this guy is a wild cannon. Like, all right. What's it? What's a the wild phrase? cannon? A wild cannon is not a phrase. I mean, loose a cannon, cannon. Loose cannon. TK is a loose cannon. Wild so I cannons. understand as to why, you know, why uh, Coach Dad might be a little stressed. Yeah, he is high tight. Oh, yeah. The last thing that we talked about was that they... Added a second woman to the board, and then one of the other board members was like, more women? Now we're going to get more gossip. Right. Like, at a very public forum. Yeah. So, Uber's really doing great as far as repairing their image. Sure. Yeah. So, the investors that work at Benchmark are very scared. Gurley is exhausted. He doesn't quite know what to do. And TK is not laying low at all like they would like him to. He's just working with any Uber engineer that wouldn't tell the board. So Okay, right. Yeah. And Benchmark is really conflicted because they want to be a founder-friendly company. So they But don't... This, this founder is uh off the rails. A nightmare. He's a yeah. nightmare. And their valuation is $68.5 billion currently, although That's they're a... still not on the stock market, so right. it's still pretend. <laughs> and so that means that Benchmark would be getting billions of dollars from their initial $11 million investment. And they're just kind of hoping that uh, they can get there before the whole company explodes. Yeah, it does kind of seem like they're just like, if we can make it, if we can just hold <laughs> on, you know, until this is done, we'll be good. We can just boogeyman. We can just moonwalk out of here. Yeah. You know, everybody gets a high five and then we never talk about this again. Basically, it does seem like they want to make some sort of blood pact to be like, we got our money. We will not speak of this again. Yeah. <laughs> like, we will not all talk about how we thought this was a great idea. Okay. So we talked about this before. Gurley decides it's finally time to get this done. He's like, we got to do something about this. We need to get him out of there. And the problem is that Travis still has super voting shares. So he still has shares that are worth 10 to 1 and he has a, an advantage to gain more shares because if employees want to sell them he could always gain them he has the right of first refusal basically to these additional shares does anyone else have super superman shares um nobody has 
I think that Graves and Camp, the co-founder and the first guy they hired, have like two. Got they it. don't have and benchmark doesn't have benchmark like doesn't have any super voting shares. Got it. And so they're currently an eight person board and Gurley knows that this is going to get spicy. So he hires lawyers. He hires a crisis PR team and he asks two younger benchmark employees to personally go ask Travis to step down <laughs> because he doesn't want to basically. Yeah. And in the in the TV show, the younger two guys are like, I don't want to carry your water. Like, I don't want to be that guy either. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm too busy doing stress yoga. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't I have time. I simply cannot. I have to coach this team in Texas, and <laughs> I just can't do both. Uh, just watch Friday Night Lights if you haven't yet, everybody. It's just a heartwarming story of football and family. Anyway, <laughs> um... <laughs> So basically, if he does not step down, they they wrote two letters and they were like, you can either sign this letter that says, I resign, it's my choice, I'm a big boy, and it's time to step away. Or we're going to send this other letter to the New York Times that says, Travis is not a big boy, and we kicked him out of the <laughs> playground. <laughs> yeah, but that, all that... Uh... All that worded sounds pretty right to me because he is a bit of a man child. He is the childedest man child. He later uh, will get to it, but later he ends up testifying in court for a case about the self driving cars. And when asked about like Google's like process with self driving cars, he was like, Larry Page was really getting unpumped about the cars. <laughs> so, like, I think we should be able to have the cars. And I'm like, you're in federal court, yeah. bro. You gotta, you you gotta... unpumped. Like I, I don't know how you've never been had to be a grown up in your entire life, but yep. get get it together, my dude. <laughs> okay, so the backup plan, the absolute backup plan, was to convert everybody's shares to regular shares. This is the nuclear option, but that would hurt Benchmark also. So I guess they must have had some super voting shares. Yeah, maybe there weren't quite as super. Maybe yeah. they got like five to one or something. Yeah, because he has an enormous um, yeah. advantage, but it would just dilute everybody's value and dilute the shares. And I think also the shares, the super voting shares, it's not only that they have 10 to one voting, but they're worth more. So mm -hmm. converting them to a different type of stock would also lose money and, and power. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's all still make-believe, so they could just be like, these make-believe shares are worth less than they were make-believe before. I still, I need to do some research on, like, I know that the valuations are based on something before they go to the stock market. Yeah. But I don't know how they're created. I don't know if you make them up yourself and you're I like... Think part of it has to do with all of the people that you get to invest. Like, every time you right. go through another investment round, whoever decides that you're worth a billion dollars, that's like your new valuation. Right. Because so. if ten, if somebody's willing to give you a million dollars for 10% of your company, then your company's worth $10 million. Yeah, I think. But, I guess. I mean, that's probably part of it. There's, I'm sure there are other factors as well. But that's, We didn't go to business school, everybody. No. Um, but yeah. We watched some Shark Tank. I, you know, I, I love Shark Tank. <laughs> Can't get enough of those sharks. So the day before the VCs are going to have a big meeting, Travis is actually in Chicago because he doesn't understand what's about to happen to him. So he's in Chicago interviewing the former CEO of Whole Foods to become the new COO of Uber. Like he thinks he's safe enough. Ah. That he can hire. The that that he's going to be in charge of the new, the, like the new hire. <laughs> yes. Got it. So Gurley sends these two younger employees and they literally have code names. 
they have plans that are like, if he's in the hotel boardroom, we're going to say it like this. If he's in his room, we're going to do this. They were hiding in Chicago <laughs> for like the day before they decided to approach him because if they were like, if he sees us at a bar, it's all going to fall apart. He's going to know yeah. like what so we're doing just, here. Like, in a hotel room panicking. Basically, honestly, <laughs> which just... to me is wild. It's so, so crazy that these men are acting like children playing hide and go seek. But, you know, what are you going to do? And one of the members of this group that is going to take Travis down, because I don't know if I mentioned this, but they called themselves the syndicate. <laughs> you mean these two, the Stusome? Oh, no, 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 all the board, oh, Burley okay, and okay, everybody, great. the whole the whole group. <laughs> I thought these two like junior employees were just like, we got to come up with a sweet name, but we're the syndicate. We're the syndicate. I mean, I understand that they probably were coming up with more code names while they were in the hotel room. You're like right. if they're in a Best Western by the airport in Chicago, yeah, they're probably like pounding cigarettes. Yeah, just be like, no, 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 no. More like cocaine. Definitely like, cocaine. This, yeah, this is what it is, guys. We're the syndicate. <laughs> so one of the members of the syndicate contacts Mike Isaac, who wrote the super pumped book right. um, that the, a lot of this research is based off of and was a New York Times reporter who reported on Uber a lot. One of the syndicate members contacted him. And so he actually knew this was happening. He knew that Travis was getting approached. Uh. They were like, he was about to get on an airplane. He probably popped so much popcorn, you know, just like waiting for the news to come out. He was that meme of Michael Jackson in the Thriller video, just <laughs> shoving popcorn into his mouth. Somebody called him and they were like, it's happening today. And he was like, I have to get on an airplane. And he was like, not anymore. Like, it was it was very intense. <laughs> They're like, you need, you can't rely on Delta Wi-Fi when this goes down. You need to be at your computer wow. typing news. Yeah. So... Glad he was, you know, able to cancel. What if he got the call while he was on the flight? Would have been awkward. Would have been awkward. Would have been awkward. So these two guys, Syndicate Part 2. Right. Syndicate. Mini Syndicate. Mini Syndicate Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> they approached TK around noon. Oh, the Syndicates. The Syndicates! <laughs> yes. The Syndicates. That is, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I already pictured a sticker that's like a little doodle of these two guys and they're like, they have their backs, they're like a buddy cop pose, like yeah, they're leaning up against each other. But they're in like other. dark trench coats. Yeah. And it's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> the the syndicates, they come up to him around noon and he is so angry at them. <laughs> yeah. But... Unbelievably angry. And they tell him he has to decide by 6 p.m. So he has six hours. He's in Chicago. His dad is still in the hospital. Nothing is going right for this man. No. And so he contacts Ariana Huffington because she is his new mommy. And were they were they dating? Or were they no. just they just businessy no. business people? They just have he definitely has like a mom thing. He definitely ah. has like a women I I need women to comfort and care for me when I need them. Yeah. And when I don't need them, I will not necessarily be rude, not necessarily like Right, but whatever, just they, but they, just be like, they fade to the background of his perception. It's very much a childish thing again with Travis of just like it's like a little kid who like they need you to hold the back of their bike when they're scared, but right. if you try to help them once they're ready to bike, they're yeah. like, "Leave me Mom, alone, you're embarrassing Mom. me." God. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, this the the like him falling down in the middle of like a business you know meeting and being like, "I'm a terrible person," uh, like. That's the kind of shit that's like, that doesn't absolve you of doing bad shit, dude. No. Like, just because you showed emotion doesn't make you, uh, make it okay that you did all this stuff. So. It just makes you a bad grown up. Yeah. Just terrible grown up. He's a, he's a bad grown up. He's bad at it. Yeah. 
bad at it. So he calls Ariana Huffington and she's literally helping him over the phone while helping the syndicate draft his resignation letter, <laughs> like the letter, nice. because she does care the way that I've interpreted this. And I don't really know, but the way that I've read it from this book and a couple other articles is that she genuinely does care for him, uh-huh. but she also really knows he has to get out. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she's an investor. So she wants sure. the company to succeed. Yeah. And I think it just feels like the company is like outstripped his usefulness. You know, he like broke down a lot of, a, a lot of walls and like just, he burned down a lot of things that shouldn't have been burnt down. But now that they're gone, this company needs to be a real company. Yeah. Yeah. Now that they can't just rely on his charm, they're like, fuck. Yeah. We are built on a house of cards. <laughs> <laughs> we built this entire company on a man that isn't good at being an adult. On bad vibes. <laughs> so all day, he's calling investors, he's calling board members, and he's trying to flip them. He's trying to be like, you guys aren't going to be able to do it without me, right? Yeah. You need, you're on my team, right? And by 9 p.m., because he completely ignores the 6 p.m. Uh, deadline. Right, of course. Bad adult. Because he doesn't know how to read time without his Ariana mom. <laughs> she calls him and she's like, I think you got to do it, buddy. You got to pull the trigger, pal. It's time for bed. And so. I got your favorite bran- blankie ready to go. Yeah, we. I got you your know. PJs hot out of the dryer. Yeah. I just need you to call it, my dude. <laughs> and he agrees. And But he has them edit the letter. And he said that Gurley has to leave the board as well. Hmm. He's like, if I have to get out of Uber, Gurley does too. And that doesn't mean that he's losing any money. Uh-huh. He just doesn't want him to be in control. Of, right. He, be he vo- wants on him a voting share. Yeah, yeah he yeah. wants him to be replaced by somebody else at Benchmark. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the syndicates. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they were hoping before they <laughs> made TK the angriest man on the planet. Yeah. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, or I don't know, uh, unfortunately for Travis, the syndicate member who contacted Mike Isaac, the author of this book, was doing it purposely and manipulatively so that this information would be leaked and Uh that Travis wouldn't have a smooth landing. Because the bulk of the syndicate really did want him to be able to graciously step aside. They wanted a minimal scandal. They did not want this big thing. Sure. But Mike does not disclose who called him, but he was tricked by them as well because he didn't realize that they had... He was a a pawn to them, too. He was a pawn. He didn't realize that he was preventing this deal that they had created. He just got a scoop that was like, TK is being outed. So he's like, I got to write this article. Yeah. So Mike Isaac... Also did not know that Travis had already agreed to the agreement. Like, he just oh, didn't so know he, what was happening. This is about to get real messy. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, like, Travis is a person that is so driven by ego and a bunch of other nonsense. And he's kind of, like, letting him, like, quietly fade into obscurity would have been nice for everybody. So I'm very yeah. interested to see what happens here. So he... The thing about modern history is that he found out that it was going to be on the news when millions of other people did when they got a New York Times update from their app (laughs) that he was being outed and the investors were revolting. That was the word. Ah. And by the end of the day, or no, the next day, it was the top story front page of the New York Times. Got it. So, you know, Mike is off the Christmas card list from the TK family. 100%. He is pissed. And it's it's funny because this book mentions several different times where 
the way people learn about things is the New York Times update. And those updates are so weird because I get them. Mm -hmm. And I would say a third of them are helpful. Uh, A third of them are old people I've never heard of dying. Yep. Which I argue is not breaking news. Whenever they're like, (laughs) 97-year-old actor, I'm like, this is not breaking news. No. This is a very old man that people loved 50 years ago. Sure. And I'm sorry that he's Still news. Just like- Not breaking. Not breaking. Not breaking. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) it's just weird to think that, you know, we're reading a book that's been published that is in such a current time that these people are learning about it from these updates. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I remember the period like CNN was just awful with the updates back, you know, a couple of years ago. You would just keep seeing sad, bad and inflammatory things happening every like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's not a real bummer. But it's not great. Although I did enjoy the update I got on the 1st of January from the New York Times that was like said something along the lines of like, Science says people would be a lot happier if they looked at their phones less. Read this article on your phone to find out why. (laughs) And I'm like, of any day, the 1st of January is like the day I'm most likely to not look at my phone and you're trying to draw me in. So, Do you want me to tell you how to do your New New Year's resolution better by breaking your New Year's resolution? Come on Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So Travis is getting tired of getting hounded by the press. So he like anybody else that's had their little heart broken, just goes to the French Polynesia and <laughs> he spends a few yeah. weeks on Barry Diller and Diane Fa- Von Furstenberg's yacht. Oh, okay. Well, so, that's what I did when my girlfriend broke up with me, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Um, is like a media mogul and she is a, an incredibly famous fashion designer mm-hmm. and he was friends with them somehow. They're also like 40 years older than him, so I don't fully understand this friendship. But yeah, he goes on their yacht and he takes a couple weeks off, but he doesn't know how to relax because he's never relaxed a day in his life. So shortly he returns home and starts contacting members of the board, trying to get them on his side like nothing had ever happened. (laughs) He's essentially like gaslighting them, being like, so like, I'm still CEO, right? Yeah, come on. Right? I'll see you at the meeting. Okay, bye. (laughs) So a 14 member team, including the board, mustache 20 minutes later, and then big glasses. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I have never, I'm not Travis. I'm Gravis. (laughs) Where'd you get that? Where's Waldo outfit? Exactly. Yeah. So a 14 member team wrote a letter to all the investors involved higher up in the company, explaining that Travis is contacting them, asking for loyalty, and he's still accessing private emails at the company. Uh, Okay. Even though he does not work there anymore. So they find that out. And Joe Sullivan, who's the head of security, removes his electronic access to Uber, which, of course, was a big blow to Travis. Yeah, poor guy. Good thing he had that yacht to, you know... Hang out on. Literally every time he, every time he has to go be a sad boy, it's the best. It would be the best day of my life, the saddest day (laughs) of his life. So I don't feel too bad for him. But yeah. So now they are searching for a new CEO, and one of the big candidates is a woman named Meg Whitman, who was the former CEO of eBay and at the time was the current CEO of Hewlett Packard. So she had offered advice before to the company and had actually been an investor in Uber. She knew the China gambit was going to be a failure. She seems like a pretty savvy lady. And the board really wanted her because they knew that she would kick out Travis and not put up with his shenanigans. Sure. Just like shut it down completely. Shut it down. Fresh start. You know, whatever. But she was still at Hewitt Packard. 
And somehow a story of her considering the job came out in the news and she was furious Mm. because she was like, I'm not, uh, I don't want to look bad. I want, I don't want Hewitt Packard, if I don't accept this job, to think that I've been trying to flee. So she tweets that it's not going to happen and that she's going to stay at Hewitt Packard. (laughs) Oh, the tweet. I love major business news happening via tweet. A lot of business news in 2016 have it on Twitter and it's very weird. about that. (laughs) It's very weird. But Travis was actually really happy because he knew that Meg would would kick him out. Mm-hmm. And he was rooting for a candidate named Jeff, Jeff Imelt from GE because he knew that Jeff would kind of let him sit in the back of the boardroom and uh, sure. be a dick. Which uh, which um, employee was it Graves that like sent in a Twitter announcement or, or like... Ryan Graves is how he applied to the job. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just imagining how funny it would be if, like, at the end of the day, they just like made him the CEO. You are so good at Twitter. <laughs> You're so back. Good. You're back, baby. He was the first CEO, but it yeah. only lasted for like four days. Right. So the so right now we got Meg and Jeff, and then Benchmark actually files a lawsuit against Travis for defrauding the Uber shareholders, and they wanted to invalidate his board seat. And his old friend Sherman, even though he's not acting, working in the company, he still has a board seat. He still has a board seat. He's, he's not CEO, but yeah. he hasn't. He still has his shares. He still has his board seat at Got this it. moment. And Shervin Pishavar had backed TK and said that he would buy out seventy five thousand of Benchmark shares to protect Travis, and so he actually lost his board seat first. And he's a guy that he is the guy that taught Travis how to be a bro. Like he's oh, the one right. that with the yep. slick back hair who <laughs> seems like he's the worst. So he's on Travis's side, but it doesn't work out for him. Got it. So at this same time, there is an investor and guy named Masayoshi-san from Japan. Right. And he was actually heavily featured in the WeWork documentary. I was going to say, is he the guy that invested in WeWork and yeah. like Seamless and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has an I enormous so. amount of investment capital. Yeah. And he sounds like very loose with it. He'll give people a lot of money. Yes. So Masa was from SoftBank of Japan, and he grew up as a Korean child in Japan. And so he always felt like an outsider. And then he went to UC Berkeley and he paid for his college by importing Pac-Man video games and leasing them <laughs> to places in the U.S. That's pretty fun. He seems very savvy. I hope we don't yeah. have to yeet him because I've always liked what I've read about him. But okay, so eventually I mean, he's connected with some <laughs> problematic companies. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Hard to say. That's true. I just in my mind, he's just like savvily taking advantage of them, but that's probably also bad. Anyway, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Only time will tell. So he actually owns stakes. By the time he's talking to Uber, he owned stakes in more than a thousand internet companies. Wow. And he had a hundred billion dollar pool of capital called the Vision Fund. It doesn't sound like a soft bank at all. That's a pretty That's a hard bank. bank, (laughs) That's a pretty hard bank. (laughs) So it's you should be sorry, but (laughs) that's okay. I love you. He he has $100 billion of capital. The book does not explain why, but it is called the Vision Fund, and it all has to be invested within five years. Okay. I don't really know why. Yeah. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, well, eventually, when we have to do an episode on, you know, Masayoshi-san, we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. So he 
is dumping money into things because okay. he's just like, I gotta get rid of this. That actually kind of explains a lot. If if for some reason he's got to get, he's got to dump a hundred billion dollars, you know, into companies, then like you know, Uber getting money, WeWork getting all that money, kind of starts making a lot more sense. Yeah. So he actually got interested in Uber because he thought that SoftBank might be able to get cheaper Uber shares. Because of all these scandals, he was ah. like, if I pump them up with capital right now while they're floundering, maybe I will get a bigger return because uh-huh. I'll get these shares for a discount and could stand to make billions when it went public. But at this moment, the company, honestly, there were people that thought it might implode before they made it to their IPO. So that is kind of the state of the situation. Also, <laughs> nothing that, you know, a half a billion, you know, uh, 50 billion dollars couldn't solve or however much money he dumped into it. <laughs> exactly. So this is a weird side note, but I, I found this out and I couldn't figure out where to plug it in in the story. Bring but around this time, Travis also ended up paying Fauci, the uh, driver that he screamed at. Oh, yeah. Two hundred thousand dollars to like recoup the losses of. Because he claimed that uh, Travis made him lose $95,000 because of his car lease and the changing of terms and everything. Um, So Travis gave him $200,000 of his own money, but it didn't really solve anything. It was probably a PR move, but the video was already out and he was a real big jerk in the video. So it kind (laughs) of doesn't matter that you gave him some money. Yeah, because it also like uh, rich people paying for their problems to go away is not a, a cute look these days. No. Okay. So it's August of 2017, and there are three candidates that are going to give presentations to the board about why they should be CEO. Imelt was TK's choice because he knew he'd be malleable, but he had had a bad run at GE and didn't really seem very qualified. Okay. The next candidate was a man named Dara Kashrashani, who they called Dara. And he was from Expedia.com, and he was the next big contender. He was calm and collected. The vibe they described him was saying that he was liked but not loved, and he wasn't a showman. He didn't have pizzazz. He was just like a very straightforward businessman. Got it. Which Uber could use, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of like uh, regularity and composure sounds nice. Could it hurt? And then Meg Whitman, she's back in the mix. She's back. Okay. She's back in the mix, but it is a secret. Okay. So ML pres- <laughs> is she is she just like, uh, you know? videotaping herself it's black screen like the you know the uh, crime documentaries with the voice modulator she actually borrowed travis's where's waldo costume and oh, she okay, yeah cool. she's got the glasses he was wearing when he was talking to the board and she's like my name is peg whitman <laughs> um that joke was less funny the second time anyway <laughs> she she's back in the mix but she wants it to be a secret mm. she and wanted well, it to be a secret the first time <laughs> yeah and they were not good they literally called her they were like please please come talk to us and she's like if you motherfuckers tell people this time i am and they're like no 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 we're it's gonna be good it's gonna be good it's gonna be good, we, gonna we, be good. we're not gonna do that <laughs> yeah so Imalt does badly oh and dara does great and the thing that people really liked about his presentation is tk is in the meeting in the room mm-hmm. And he said, there can't be two CEOs. And everyone took that as an insinuation that he would not let Travis be. Did everybody's head just immediately turn to Travis? (laughs) Probably. Just by the way. Just in case you weren't clear. Can't be be two. They were happy because they they read that as him not being a backseat driver. Yeah, sure. So they're voting. The board is voting on who is going to be CEO. And they had a deadlock tie between Dara and Whitman for days. Hmm. And then someone from Benchmark Capital 
said that they would drop the lawsuit if they chose Whitman. And that was not a great move for Whitman. Whitman didn't do it, but Uh it didn't help her because the group interpreted that as an unnecessary and aggressive ultimatum that they Mm. were like, this is kind of different. The lawsuit is against Travis. This isn't what we're doing. So the panel kind of felt like they were being held hostage, but they just kept voting. And the next vote after this ultimatum did go to Dara, but they did have one more vote so that they could tell the press it was a unanimous vote. (laughs) Which is just a bunch of corporate garbage. Yeah. Did they just, <laughs> they made TK, you were like, all right, man, it was just you. So like, it'd be, it'd be really nice if you just, we'll let you keep some of your shares. Yeah, if you, if you could just this. be cool. That'd be great. Unfortunately, after all this voting, the information about Dara being chosen leaked. And so he, the news found out before he did. Oh, okay. Did he back away when he, when he got leaked? Or was he like, all right, fine, this is annoying. But Oh, no, he is the current CEO. Oh, okay, good for him. No, no spoilers, but, yeah. you know, he's he's still there. Yeah, so he didn't pull a mag. He wasn't like, I'm out of here. You guys leaked it. I'm no, he was gunning for it. He yeah. wanted it. So months later, the great bargain happened with SoftBank and Masa Yoshizan. And SoftBank was going to buy 17.5% of Uber's all over shares in something called a tender offer. And that included employees who had wanted to sell, but they couldn't yet because of TK's restrictions. They didn't want the shares to go to Travis, so they're going to go to SoftBank. So they were able to buy these shares at a very steep discount. The valuation had been at $68 but they were able to buy shares with a valuation of $48 So $20 billion less than just a year before. Which is what SoftBank wanted in the first place. Yes. They were very, very smart. And then I don't, I didn't understand this either, but they did a maneuver in this purchase where after they purchased these stocks, they were able to keep the valuation back to $68.5 billion after the discount. <laughs> that feels shady as hell. Bernie There's, Sanders would be pissed. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah. I'm sure he was. And in this great bargain, they also added six new board seats, which is a ton of new board seats. Oh, but it's was probably a, to water down Travis's. It was 100% to water down Travis's power. So in September, before the SoftBank deal in December, which he knew was coming, Travis did add two more board seats and only gave five minutes warning to the board to try to gain some control. But uh. that didn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> The SoftBank deal also stopped his 10 to 1 super voting shares, and this deal was signed on December 28th, 2017. Hmm. Dara started working at the company, and his employment included a deal that if he could take Uber public, so if they could have their IPO within two years, and if the company had a valuation of $120 billion at that time, he would personally get $100 million. So he was obviously pretty motivated. Got it. Big incentivizing factor to raise their price. Yeah. I keep trying to come up with some sort of like Dora the Explorer, uh, like and Dara the something, but I haven't I haven't come up with something. So you let me know if you do. I you will. Know? Keep, <laughs> keep me posted. Yeah, this is this is good podcast. I'm on right the edge here. <laughs> of my seat. Yeah, I was gonna do something clever, but I did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Dara the cool. cool, cool, cool. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> I love you so much. I <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so Ariana Huffington hosted the passing of the torch because she likes dramatic ceremonies. Right. And it was live streamed to all 15,000 Uber employees. Wow. And she asked Travis to join her on stage. And the night before that, they actually had a big dinner with many investors, and Travis was, quote, actually gracious. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so he seemed to exit the company with a teeny tiny spoonful of grace by the I time they got really, to that. I really, really wish what they had actually done was put him in a Uber, like, autonomous vehicle, and then, like, drove him into the Hudson. Just goodbye. <laughs> Just, like, goodbye. Good luck. So Dara's... In the office. Okay. And his first job is to repair the relationships with the drivers. Okay. So he created something called 180 Days of Change. Mm. And he added tipping right away, which is something Travis never wanted to do. Yeah, that was a big change. Yeah. And also makes sense because, like, you know, let's tip him. We're not going to pay him. Let's tip him. Well, literally, Travis's only argument was that it interrupted the frictionless experience. And it's like... It's no, still pretty frictionless. No, it doesn't. You can just, you know, not tip. Also, <laughs> like, jerk. I forget all the time to tip because it doesn't prompt you. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I open Uber, it's like, did you want to tip Mike? And I'm like, oh, shit, here's yeah, Mike's here tip. So it's not really frictionless. Mike is confused but happy. He <laughs> just, and I've literally been thanked by those people like two weeks later. Oh, really? Like, because they apparently can just hit like and it's like, Mike thanked you for your tip. And so it's like. You could still tip and it doesn't, it's not constantly updated. You're not right. getting these notifications. It doesn't really every, slow you down at all. No, it doesn't change at all. Yeah. So 180 days of change. They add tippings. He hires some other executives from real companies <laughs> and from Expedia. He gets some grown-ups it's in the room. It's not just like dude clone bros, uh, clones of Travis running around. No. He hires Tony West, who was a former attorney general, trying to show that he was taking all of these legal issues seriously, sure. the harassment, everything else. And he had an extended 2008 apology tour for the company. Got it. He also got rid of the 14 tenants of the company that Travis created, which were just stolen from Amazon that were like, <laughs> always be super uber hustling. Bro hard as bros can bro. Be yeah. pumped. If you're not pumped, you're you're dumped. Yeah, exactly. All exactly. that kind of stuff. He was like, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> and he wrote just like a reasonable mission statement that was like, we're going to drive people places. And then... Uh, yeah, people are going to get in our cars. We're going to take them where they need to go. And they're not going to get assaulted, gonna be hopefully. Just great. Hopefully, no assault. Yeah, basically. And then Dara became, they dubbed him the dad of Silicon Valley because he was like a boring, reassuring. <laughs> From Expedia.com. To yeah, the dad yeah. of SV. They spent half a billion dollars as a company on ads to repair their images, but they were also desperately trying to be boring they were just like <laughs> let's just fade That's into fun. the background like yeah. we don't want to be sensational and dara is being a very different cfo because he had been the cfo at, at expedia and he, he was a number any, like, cruncher pity, pity yachts that he goes to whenever he's sad he probably does but i don't know about he's them much quieter about it much quieter about he's it just more discreet generally better at being an adult seems that way and he is a he's a numbers guy so he's looking at this as a company, and oh, Travis weird. was like a vibes guy. Like he was yeah. like, I'm going to just do things, and you guys are going to deal with it, and right. I don't have to answer for it, and I can spend my billion-dollar war chest on trying to make initiatives yeah. that don't matter. He was just so busy disrupting that he didn't know how to build anything, Emily. Basically. Basically. And Dara is trying to do the opposite of yeah. disrupts. <laughs> That's right. He's trying to... Un, I, I, 
Unwrapped? He's trying to chill. He's trying to just chill. He's just chilling. And so he also sold the Southeast Asia business to grab a 27.5% stake of their company, Grab. Mm. And he stopped flinging around money to get engineers from Facebook and Google. Like, another thing Travis did was just trying to always steal employees from prominent internet companies so he'd give them giant signing bonuses and stuff. And Dara was like, why don't we just hire... Well, and it also Qualified sounds like people the like, you know, obviously the company is still growing and the 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 platform can always get smoother and easier to use, but like it's built, you know, like do you need the the cutting edge of, you know, computer technicians and computer coders and all that stuff to like just make this thing run the same as it's been running for the last decade? Probably not. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I don't guess, really know. I guess everybody, you know, Uber Eats. Wonder what the next Uber thing is going to be. Uber valentine's day cards who knows wow that just shows me that you don't know where to get a valentine's day card (laughs) they also published a report that detailed the number of sexual assaults that occurred during uber rides in 2017 and 18 and settled a federal investigation into uber's workplace culture for 4.4 million dollars with the equal employment opportunity commission and as part of that settlement uber employees who worked at the company after january 2014 will be eligible to submit claims to that commission got it so that's that situation there Lewandowski. that's kind of so that's kind of nice that they did a little retroactive. It's not just like from now on, if you have problems. Yeah, can... yeah. And somebody involved in the claim was pleased with the amount of money. I think it's a pretty small amount considering how much Uber has. But right. yeah. as far as these kind of claims go, I do think it's it's a pretty good pretty good amount of money. But All right. uh, Lewandowski of self-driving fame was disgraced by the many trials surrounding Waymo and Uber mm-hmm. and everything else. So he started and a also new... just like not getting any uh, permits or anything to just do random tests, just to do whatever he wanted. So he started a new company called Pronto AI, and it made self driving kits for trucks for five thousand dollars each. That I oh, this is the the like semi trucks. Yeah, like and I'm not under sure. Like it's Ford something you truck. install in your semi truck. It's a thing from The Simpsons. Yeah, do you you remember that episode where Homer becomes a long haul trucker? Yep. It's that, basically. He also started a church devoted to AI. What? Called the Way of the Future. Do you think he just had to, like, he was officiating his friend's wedding, and so he decided to start a church? No, I think he's nuts. I think he's insane. (laughs) And I think he's worshiping ChatGPT. Oh. Most employees at Uber were pretty happy to be out of the news, but some of them wondered if Uber was still going to be a company that, quote, swang for the fences. They were Mm. worried that it wasn't going to be... Pushing, pushing, pushing all the time. Uh, Our friend Bill Gurley's life got a lot easier. He made a lot of money. But Benchmark ultimately did lose a lot of founder-friendly cred. Mm. Our friend Joe Sullivan, the head of security, was fired in November, right before Thanksgiving, for a security break that had resulted in millions of drivers' identities being stolen. Cool. Yeah, he had spent millions to find the hackers and had paid a bounty of $100,000 to find this guy, Brandon, in his mom's basement in Florida. Brandon, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Leave people's identities alone. Steal something else. Yeah. (laughs) Uber Uber driver identities cannot be worth that much. And so 
He also, Joe Sullivan, I think the reason he got fired is part of the reason is that he claimed this hack was something that commonly happens in Silicon Valley where people give money to, quote, good guy hackers to find the flaws in their systems. Oh, right. They were like, Brandon's a good guy, but they paid millions to find Brandon. So that doesn't feel correct. Yeah, that's that's just... Feels like a lie. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like he had planned this hack, but he did pay to get all the data deleted and was able to keep it hush-hush at the time. But the board was upset that he didn't persecute Brandon, and so they fired Joe Sullivan. And 15 minutes after they got off the phone, the story about the cover-up leaked to the news, and his tech was wiped, and his phone was bricked. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, 15 minutes after the news broke, Brandon was the new security Brandon <laughs> worked at Uber. He had created Uber's entire security system and dealt with two data breaches while he was there, so he was pretty upset. Was he there during, like, gray balls? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, like, probably could have fired him for that stuff. He didn't create it. Um, It wasn't his thing. He was more the... I think he was more involved in the, like, uh, watching of people and the private... Yeah, so that... Maybe fire him because of that stuff. So many reasons to fire him, I think. By 2000. 18, Travis had gone to Miami because there's no state income tax in Miami, unlike California's 13.3%. Right. And he's hanging out with Emil Michael and Shervin Peshavar, those two winners that we love so much. They played victims to the communications team and employee Eric Alexander, that guy who carried around a rape victim's medical records. Oh, right. He sued Rachel Whetstone, one of the women who worked at the comms team, and said that he she had conspired against him and leaked that info. So they're being real mature. Yeah. Yeah. Travis is going out to clubs in Miami. He's going to the French West Indies. He has two homes in Los Angeles, one on the east side and one on the west side, depending on where he's going to be that day. Yeah, because, well, he can't trust Uber anymore, Emily, to get him where he needs to go. That's true. So he's got to have two homes. And his favorite line at the clubs is telling women that he's in the three comma club. Oof. Woof. Yeah. That's a billion. Yeah. No, I'm familiar. Yeah. I remember from the guy from. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I remember when I became a member of the comma club and that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. I love the comma club. It feels good. It's a, a low-ish uh, bar to entry, but it means a Man. lot. Man. But I, it's not entering it. It's maintaining it yeah 100 percent. that's the real thrill 100 but yeah so he's a jerk <laughs> um he has moved on he's moved on to ghost kitchens what is ghost kitchen so ghost you kitchens just uber a kitchen to your like no your no, no, no ghost kitchens are like when you go on seamless uh-huh. and you look up oh and they're like super awesome grilled cheese, and you're like, this isn't a restaurant. Yeah, this is a garage. This is just somebody, uh, somebody in their house making you a grilled cheese, and then having their son like bike it over to you. Basically, so he moved on to Ghost Kitchens, which ironically relies on the success of Uber Eats, <laughs> and that is what he's doing now. In February of 2018, he did testify in the Waymo versus Uber trial. And he said that Larry Page was unpumped about self-driving. He just can't not tell like congressman the word pumped he just can't not say it he loves it uber ended up settling with waymo for four or for 245 million dollars in equity and now the company would be subject to third-party reviews because they had basically taken information from uber yeah uber went public in may 2019 and uh okay so get ready for this so lyft had just gone public okay 
and they were seventy eight dollars a share. First, first. Wow, yeah, good for you, Lyft. Yeah, they went public first, and so they had got, come out at seventy eight dollars a share, and the Uber valuation was floating around one hundred twenty billion. Okay, so they're pretty excited, and Dara really wants that because then he'll get a hundred billion. Yeah. And so TK and Dara and a few others actually had breakfast that day. They're being pretty civil, but Dara asked him not to stand with them on the balcony. So not that <laughs> civil. He's like, glad we could have breakfast. Go over there. At this point, Graves, Camp, and Travis had had breakfast. But, you know, once they go public, Ryan Graves was worth $1.6 Camp was worth $4.1 and Travis was worth $5.4 Twitter kids shouldn't be worth a billion dollars. <laughs> no. And they're not friends anymore. So oh, okay. there's that. So Lyft was at 78. What do you think that Uber set theirs at? Uh, 150? 45. What? So they set their price at 45. Which they just is- have a fuck ton of shares? Well, so they... No. They set it at 45 because they were hoping that it would come out at 45 and they would all stand there and watch it have a big pop. Ah. Because apparently that is something that you do is you want it to just look so valuable and wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's just like through the roof. Got it. Unfortunately, it dropped immediately. <laughs> like literally it was like 45, 43, 41. For, like it just dropped. Yeah, right. The opposite of what they wanted to happen. And it was the worst public offering on Wall Street since 1975. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And many people wondered if that was a harbinger of many IPOs to come from these tech unicorns. Sure. But Dara did his best to celebrate with champagne at McDonald's. The reason they had McDonald's there is they were celebrating Uber Eats, but it just feels really pathetic to be like- Uber Eats can go anywhere, Dara. Yeah. Soggy fry and champagne. Oh, boy. So after Kalanick leaves, he's doing ghost kitchens. He launches launches oh, a venture firm called Travis is sorry, I just have to go back for a quick second. Travis's dad had to watch the the IPO happen and then it just like kind of tanked. Just tanked. <laughs> and then they had to go have lunch. I don't know what uh, they did that day. I hope day. they didn't go to McDonald's. They probably did. So he launches a venture firm called 10100. He uh, buys he bought a company called City Storage System, which is a company that redevelops distressed real estate. And he is the CEO there. And that is the parent company of Cloud Kitchens, which rents commercial right. kitchen space and provides fulfillment services to restaurants looking to launch food delivery. In 2019, he purchased a Soho penthouse complete with a pool and a rooftop for $36.5 million, the most expensive home sold in New York that month. And in 2020, he bought a $43.3 million house in Los Angeles. According to Page Six, he started dating Victoria's Secret model Daniela Lopez Osorio in early 2021, but the pair has split, and he is currently worth about $2.7 billion today. So he's not hurting. Because it's, it's just annoying, because like, this guy basically failed at the job that he was doing, right? Like he 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 built a company, yeah, which I would was say su- getting kicked out of your company, which was successful. But uh, while doing it, also like you know, got a lot of people sexually assaulted, uh, created a, a a corporate you know uh, culture that was very toxic and problematic, and then like did a lot of things that were just like bad business, right? So bad that he got kicked out of his company. And now he's still worth billions of dollars. And he would not have to work ever again if he didn't want to. Like, yeah. he is, but he did not mean to. Yeah. 
Also, just fun fact, uh, that Kalanix Ghost Kitchen is also building a company called Lab 37, where they're making a robot bowl maker. What? So it's called the Bowl Builder, and it can construct hundreds of hot or cold bowls per day. Oh, so, food bowls. Food bowls, like quinoa bowls. I thought it was bowls. just like a robot lathe and just making like salad bowls. No, and it can, uh, the bowls run on a conveyor belt and there's 18 different dispenser modules for ingredients and sauces and then it gets sealed, utensils are added, and it's bagged. <sighs> so, cool. it's, yeah, Lab 37 is headed up by Eric Mayhofer, who is an executive and automation engineer who ran Uber's self-driving car unit for a little while. And he is from Carnegie Robotics. But he does not list Lab 37 on his LinkedIn profile. (laughs) No, no, probably not. I do like these people that are just like incredibly talented, but then just like develop a thing. And they're just like, I mean, I'm going to cash the paychecks, you know, like I I, I have zero hope that this is ever going to be a real company, but I'll make these robots for you if you'd like. Yeah. Um, Just in case you thought maybe Travis had learned a single thing. uh, Unfortunately, he has not. A new report from Insider about Cloud Kitchen suggests that many of the tactics that became infamous at Uber are now happening at Cloud Kitchen. According to the article, quote, inside Cloud Kitchens, people describe an alpha male organization helmed by a temple of bros in which Kalanick and two pals reign supreme and where a fight club-like code of secrecy affects all aspects of the job. Oh, boy. Visual cues like no quinoa t-shirts worn by Kalanick loyalists reinforce a hard-knock culture that frowns on coddled techies. Ugh. Okay. Well, great. So I'm glad he's learned so many things. So many things. So now we're coming to the end of the Uber story, but this is the one last thing about Travis that makes, I think, fully paints the picture of who this guy is. Okay. Lay it on me. Is this the thing you teased earlier? Yeah. Very excited. So unfortunately, so... Big sigh. Yeah, it's not not delicious. It's annoying. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. So obviously all these companies are called unicorns because they have a billion dollar valuation. And so he is currently being sued by a former employee, a New York City software engineer, because at a company-wide party to commemorate the hotly anticipated IPO before it came out, she wore a unicorn costume to the party just at an Irish bar in Manhattan, like one of those onesies that, you know, plenty of people have. Yeah. Because she was excited that they were a billionaire and the party was in full swing. And when she walked in, Kalanick was there and he approached her without warning, grabbed the horn on her costume, made a masturbatory motion with it, smirked at her and walked away. What a weird thing to do to a person. Yeah, she said that she felt humiliated and disgusted. As she looked around, she saw her team members looking at her with shock and concern. Several of them approached her to ask if she was okay and expressed their disgust. He says this never happened. He says he was with friends and family, but his attorney also never talked to his friends or family, like never requested (laughs) to talk to them. So she is now 30. She was younger at the time. She felt demoralized by the company, male-dominated culture, et cetera, et cetera. And she is also saying that she was discriminated against because of where she was from in India for being a woman and for every other reason that you could be shitty to a person. So 
As is the Travis way. Yeah. And as of this moment, an Uber spokesperson said these allegations are baseless and we will vigorously defend against them. That's just lawyer speak with for we have more money than you. We have more money than you. You're going to get tired of us making fun of you on the Internet. You're going to give up. So, yeah, he's learned nothing. Sure. I I am glad that at least he's like, at least he's still fucking he's still fucking billionaire. This is so frustrating. But at least he's like relegated to a company that is very likely to never matter. I hope. I don't know. I don't understand why Ghost Kitchen has existed. I kind of hate them. Yeah. Every time I go on Seamless, I'm like, what does this mean? Yeah. I, we... And there's like no reviews and it's it's weird. Doesn't this, this feels like, so like Uber was a thing that killed the cab company, but now we're, this is a company that's going to like kill small restaurant businesses. Like, but also why? And also, but I don't think anyone likes them because anyone I know that finds out they're getting a ghost kitchen food doesn't order it again and none of them are cheaper so i don't know what is supposed to incentivize me to order from a ghost kitchen yeah it's like, just supposed to you're s- supposed to not notice the fact that it's a ghost kitchen i guess i guess and this is obviously very anecdotal but you know it was raining recently and i was feeling sad and so we went on seamless to try to get some grilled cheese and tomato soup and there were like four different companies that had grilled cheese in the name of the ghost kitchen that were like rock and grilled cheese, cheesy <laughs> grilled cheese. And they, all of them were like $14 sandwiches. Yeah. And I already feel guilty buying a grilled cheese. Like right. I understand that I could make right. that pretty easily, but sometimes you're sad. And I, uh, I don't know. I just don't see ghost kitchens getting that far unless they find new ways to trick me. But maybe yeah. that's a New York thing. Maybe they do well other places. I don't know. Well, back when I was doing the research for like the influencer, there was a part of that book that talked a lot about um, kitchens that pop up and they become like a hype exclusive thing that everybody wants to go to. And they get like a Michelin star for somebody's like backyard or something like that, where all of a sudden these restaurants pop up out of nowhere and they're exclusive. So everybody wants to get there. And then you get there and you're like, are we eating dinner on a swing set what are we doing here oh yeah i think i did see that yeah. so we'll see about the ghost mm-hmm. kitchens but yeah uber still exists travis is still garbage mm-hmm. there's still not enough women in tech and i and there's guess a giant billboard for uber in new york so yeah, I have yeah. To see it while i'm driving home every day i guess take and then lyft. I shake my hand at it uh-huh. yeah, but apparently lyft isn't great either i know i don't know why they're bad but someday yeah. we'll talk about them too but i gotta stop talking about cars for a while yeah we're gonna put cars in the garage for a bit we are excited though we've got a couple of fun episodes coming up we're gonna do some shorter one and two episode series about some sillier topics just to kind of shake off some of these things. I'm going to really do my best not to depress Emily. Danny's so going to do his best. Yeah. And 90s kids get excited. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. There's, you know, an item. Ooh, a tease. That uh, a lot of people are pretty excited about. Pretty excited about. That uh, had a high value and then a no value. High highs and low lows, baby. And uh, I'm excited to learn about it because I I own some, but I don't know much about the company. And uh, yeah. So you're going to just have to tune in to find out. We're going to lighten it up. And can you promise? 
<laughs> no one's face melts off in this oh, story. Oh, absolutely. No one's face melts off. I thought you were going to pro- make me promise that it was going to be a single episode. And I think it's going to be a single episode. You can't promise that. I know. But, I yeah, can't promise I just that. But not, to... a, not a single melted face, as far as I can tell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's and a I don't guarantee. Think actually, uh, no chronic issues. There, there are people that like spend a lot of money on this thing. And that money is worth not as much money anymore, so they're sad. Yeah. But uh, a lot, no melted faces, no, like, chronic injuries as far Great. as Great. We love, we love to hear it. It's sad that that's our bar for joy, but yeah. that is where it is. <laughs> we are so happy to continue to make this show for you guys. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend, post about it, rate, review, subscribe, do all those podcast things for us because we would love more ears to get to the show. We are happy to hear from you guys. If there's any topics that you'd like us to discuss, anything you want us to cover, then email us over at alone at, oops, sorry, that's my other podcast. Email us over at eattherichpod at gmail. And yeah, give us some suggestions. Give us some feedback. What do you like to hear about? What are you tired of hearing about? What uh, faces are melting off near you? Keep us posted and <laughs> uh, have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. And a big thanks to Carsey Bland for the theme music. You can follow the podcast everywhere at Yeet the Rich Pod. You can email us your suggestions for future episodes at Yeet the Rich Pod at Gmail. You can follow me at The Funny Walsh. And you can follow Danny at DMoss315. See you next week. <laughs>